Hello and welcome to another season of the Municipal Securities Rulemaking Board's podcast. I'm your host, Leah Zarek, and today I'll be having a conversation with the leadership of the MSRB. They've been at the helm of our organization during a time of tremendous volatility and change. To maintain a sense of community and connection, since we started working remotely back in March, we have a weekly all-staff video call. I really look forward to those calls when I can see everyone's faces and share news and updates about what's been going on. And you see different staff members sharing crazy backgrounds, or you see pets coming in and out of the screen shot or children making unscheduled appearances. But it's really that weekly call has helped us all stay connected and continue to feel that sense of community and belonging despite not being physically present together. That's Nan Lawson, the MSRB's interim CEO and chief financial officer. Nan is responsible for working closely with the board of directors to advance the MSRB's mission of safeguarding the municipal securities market. Before joining the MSRB, Nan served as vice president of finance and treasurer at the Public Broadcasting Service. So coming to us from PBS, Nan, what do you think of the MSRB's foray into podcasting? Hi, Leah. It's great to be here. First, I just wanted to mention I'm a huge podcast fan. I've been listening to podcasts for years, and I just think they're a great way to communicate and to get out our message. So I'm excited to actually now be a guest on one. So podcasting from my dining room table as my cats walk by is certainly not what some might imagine would be a day in the life of a regulator. But these are unusual times, not only for the nation, but for the world. I'm very, very proud of how the MSRB has embraced technology to reach out to the market, especially at a time when we can't all be together face-to-face at conferences and meetings. The municipal market is an essential part of daily life across the country, and it's really rewarding to use any available tools such as this to connect with our investors, issuers, and other market participants nationwide. And in fact, in this time of pandemics, COVID-19 and such, and remote work, we have not missed a beat. The MSRB continues to function effectively from a technological rulemaking and governance perspective. So I'm excited to be here, and I think this is a great way to get us started. Thanks, Nan. We're really glad to have you. You have taken on a lot in recent months. You transitioned last fall into the role of interim CEO. How has it been for you stepping into that role and having to lead us as an organization through such challenging times? Well, that's a great question, Leah. Thank you. First, I'm just honored that the board asked me to serve as interim CEO while they conduct their search. We have an amazing staff here at the MSRB that does a tremendous job day in and day out, and they make all this possible. So I strive to support them in any way that I can so they can continue their excellent work. Our staff is service-oriented. They're resilient, certainly. They're very dedicated, and they just put out exceptional work. So Certainly when I had the honor of taking this task on, who could have seen COVID coming? And we've responded to that and carried on just seamlessly. I'm so proud of our staff. Thank you, Nan. Speaking as one of your (laughs) staff, that's really great to hear. We are also joined by Mark Kim, MSRB Chief Operating Officer. Here at the MSRB, Mark is responsible for managing a whole suite of day-to-day operations from our technology and our market regulation teams and for leading strategic initiatives like the MSRB's migration to the cloud. Well, thanks, Leah. I love this market, and it's a privilege for me to serve as a regulator for this industry. I would say, in general that the average person does not fully appreciate how important the municipal securities market is to their quality of life. As you know, muni bonds are issued by state and local governments 
to finance public goods and provide essential services that we depend on every single day. I like to say that you can't go a single day without depending on something that was built by a munibond, whether it's the roads that we drive to get to the office or the public schools and universities that educate our children. Munibonds finance the majority of this country's critical infrastructure. And even during this pandemic, when many of us are working from home and our kids will be taking classes online from their bedrooms, we still depend on Munibonds every single day. And that's why I love this industry so much. Let me give you one lighthearted example about the importance of Munibonds. If you are like me, then you probably started your day by making a cup of coffee. Well, if you think about it, there are three things that you needed to do to make that cup of coffee. The first is hopefully have good coffee beans. The second is water. And the third is power. Now, two out of those three things might very well have been financed by muni bonds, namely water and power. And I know this firsthand because prior to having the privilege of joining the MSRB, I served as the CFO of DC Water, which is our local water utility that serves the nation's capital. In that role, I was responsible for issuing billions of municipal bonds to finance DC Water's wastewater, stormwater, and drinking water infrastructure, and to make sure that everyone in Washington, DC could have that morning cup of coffee. Well, I know I, for one, certainly appreciate not just the one morning cup of coffee, but probably two or three, especially as we're working from home in our pajamas. It helps start the day just right. And I know that all of my colleagues here at the MSRB, you know, we truly are motivated by this important mission that is to protect the investors in this market, the issuers like DC Water and other issuers in this market, and the overall public interest. And that's perhaps never been more true than in these recent difficult months as the pandemic has really tested our organization and the market overall. So I'd like to get into our conversation about COVID-19's impact on the municipal market and on our response here at the MSRB. I think, you know, we can kind of break it down into four main areas where we at the MSRB kind of jumped right into action. So one of those is providing market data. The second is just leveraging the cloud and technology. Third is certainly close to our core as a regulator by offering temporary regulatory relief. And then finally, and something Nan has touched on, is really supporting our internal team. I want to start off with that first piece, the data. As a lot of our frequent listeners know, the MSRB has singular access to really important secondary market trade data. We'll be speaking later this episode with the MSRB's head of research on what data we have, how we look at it, and what we observed as the COVID pandemic really began to impact the financial markets. But let me turn now to Mark and ask you, how did the MSRB leverage data to provide value to the marketplace during this time of just unprecedented volatility? Leah, you are absolutely right that when Congress created the MSRB to regulate the muni market, it did so in large part to protect investors. And as part of our core mission here at the MSRB, we fulfill that mandate by providing market transparency through data. So data is essential to what we do. Providing the market with real-time data is never more important than during times of extreme market volatility like we just experienced this past March due to the pandemic. In the primary market, deals were getting pulled, spreads were widening out, and issuers lost access to the capital markets. In the short-term markets, they froze, 
interest rate resets of variable rate debt hit 10%, causing a liquidity crisis. And trading in the secondary market exploded with the highest trading volumes that we've seen since the financial crisis. During times like this, the market needs real-time data, and that's exactly what the MSRB provided. In response to COVID-19 and the pandemic and the market volatility, we produced a daily market update that provides a snapshot of all the key indicators of the prior day's trading activity so that the market would remain informed about where things stood. While we may not be totally out of the woods yet with respect to the pandemic, fortunately, the muni market appears to have stabilized somewhat from the volatility that we saw back in March. That's right, Mark. And that's just one example of our exceptional team at the MSRB. There was that volatility in March, and they quickly got in there and figured out how they could take that information and create some reporting for the industry to help them during that period. And that continues on to this day. So I'd really like to thank Mark and his team for that, Mark's leadership and everything they've done on that front. I'd also like to mention the MSRB not only provides market data and expertise to the public, We also work closely with the Federal Reserve, the U.S. Treasury, and our fellow regulators. We've even gone so far as to loan out our Chief Market Structure Officer, John Bagley, who listeners to our podcast may know because he was a frequent guest in our first season of the podcast. John has temporarily joined the Federal Reserve Bank of New York on secondment to lend his deep municipal market expertise to the implementation of the Municipal Liquidity Facility, or the MLF. So while on the topic of the Fed's MLF, I'd also like to add that we are temporarily waiving market activity fees for municipal market transactions related to this program. So this fee waiver is temporary and only applicable during the duration of time the MLF is purchasing municipal securities which is currently scheduled to cease on December 31st, 2020. But we believe that by waiving these fees, that's a meaningful way to be helpful at a time of unprecedented financial strain around the country. Thanks, Nan. I appreciate you mentioning our frequent podcast star, John Bagley, who we hope to welcome back after his time at the Fed sharing his expertise. We certainly miss him, but we're glad to have you and Mark as our guests today. We've talked a lot about this disruption in the market and immediately wanting to respond by providing data. And there's sometimes questions out in the market about, as we started with the market seizing up in this kind of liquidity crisis of the spring, are we transitioning into more of a credit crisis as the issuers around the country are just grappling with the impacts of the crisis on their tax revenue, on their spending needs. So similar to our ability to access trade data at the MSRB, we here have some insights that we can offer into this emerging area of concern. Because something that's very unique about the municipal market is that the issuers of municipal bonds, those state and local governments and the like, they're not regulated, but they do have an important obligation to provide disclosures about their financial condition and their operating status to the public using our very own EMMA website. So since the start of the coronavirus pandemic, we've had issuers submitting thousands of disclosures to EMMA that reference the effects of COVID-19. So I want to turn to Mark and ask, how is the MSRB kind of organizing and sharing this high volume of disclosures to EMMA? And what insights can the market glean from looking at these disclosures? Leah, this is a really important question and brings us right back to the subject of data. In addition to market data, The MSRB is the principal source of continuing disclosure data for this market. 
So why are continuing disclosures so important? It's because these disclosures are the principal way for investors to remain informed about the credit worthiness of their municipal bond holdings, about their investments. Issuers are not only required to provide ongoing annual disclosures, as you described, about their financial condition and operating status, but importantly, issuers are also required to file a notice with the MSRB within 10 calendar days of any material event that happens that could impact their ability to make timely payments of principal and interest on their bonds. And so you can imagine that when this COVID-19 pandemic hit, that is exactly the kind of material event that an issuer may be required to make a continuing disclosure to inform investors about its status. So for example, if a state or local government issues muni bonds that are backed by sales tax or income tax revenues, all of the business closures and job losses caused by the pandemic could very well impact that issuer's ability to repay investors. And so similar to the market trading data report that we created, we also developed a COVID-19 disclosure report for investors. To date, the MSRB has received over 12,000 continuing disclosure notices from issuers across the country that have referenced COVID-19 as a material event that has impacted its financial position. As you might expect, the pandemic continues to cause financial stress on state and local governments across the country. And included in these notices, we've seen ones that identify emergency draws on reserve funds. We've seen notices of bond defaults due to missed principal or interest payments. And unfortunately, we've even seen notices of municipal bankruptcies that cite COVID as one of the contributing factors. On a separate but related note, let me touch on the technology that is allowing the MSRB to produce these reports. A year ago, I wouldn't have been able to tell you how many continuing disclosures the MSRB received that reference COVID. But our board has made strategic investments in technology and specifically in an enterprise-scale migration to the cloud of our market transparency systems and our market data that have allowed us to leverage the power of cloud computing combined with prototyping, artificial intelligence, and machine learning to be able to put structure on our data and to be able to perform natural language search through all of these market reports and continuing disclosures. This is something that we never would have been able to do before. And the pandemic, ironically, has given us the unexpected opportunity to demonstrate the potential value of the technology investments that our board has made and that we feel we can deliver to the industry. But let me stop here because I think our journey to the cloud could probably take up an entire podcast on its own. Well, Mark, I think that's a great programming suggestion, so we should definitely make that happen. You talked about this weekly disclosure report, and that is available up on the msrb.org website. We update it every Tuesday morning. It's a way to keep an eye on what new disclosures are coming in. I also just want to flag for our listeners that we started producing this report fairly early on, and we're continuing to enhance it. So in early May, we changed the format of the report, so now it's a sortable spreadsheet format, so you can really filter through and get a a sense of what kind of disclosures are being made and what states and what 
areas. So it's a more interactive experience to keep an eye on the effects of the pandemic around the country. So I know many of our listeners know the MSRB as this data and disclosure source, thanks to the transparency we provide to the market through that EMMA website. But if you're a municipal securities dealer or a municipal advisor, you may know us best of all for our rules. Municipal securities firms, banks, and municipal advisors are required to meet certain MSRB regulatory obligations when it comes to things like supervision, disclosure, professional qualifications, continuing education. So certainly our regulated entities have a a pretty fulsome rule book that they have to follow. So Nan, would you be able to share a little bit with our listeners about how COVID-19 has impacted our regulated entities and what we've done to ease their hardships where it's possible for us to do as a regulator? Absolutely, Leah. Thank you for that question. As you said, the dealers and municipal advisors that we regulate have faced some unforeseen hardships as a result of the coronavirus. So first, I would just want to lead by underscoring that the MSRB remains fully operational and staff continue to maintain system availability during a volatile period in the market. This is important to note as many of the regulatory obligations feed directly into the MSRB systems that Mark was just discussing. Now, with regard to compliance, we recognize that all market participants are facing similar challenges to their operations. So we've taken steps to provide targeted, temporary regulatory relief. We are providing dealers and MAs additional time to implement certain amended rules and interpretive guidance, as well as to complete certain professional qualification and supervisory requirements. In fact, one particular item to call out here, there's a deadline for the MSRB's new Series 54 examination, which municipal advisor principals are now required to take and pass. So that deadline has been extended for that exam from November 12th, 2020 to March 31, 2021. So we help by that extension that that will help these folks out as well. We have also reminded regulated entities of the application of supervisory requirements, noting that a reasonably designed supervisory system could incorporate remote supervision. And though I'm serving as the interim CEO, I'm also chief financial officer of the MSRB. So something near and dear to my heart is our fees. So we're on that front temporarily suspending late fees for any professional fee, market activity-based fees, such as our underwriting transaction and technology fees, or registration fees that are coming due between March 1st, 2020 and July 31, 2020. So we felt these measures were important to give some relief to our regulated entities while still preserving strong protections for the investors and issuers that rely on services from dealers and municipal advisors. So I encourage listeners to go to msrb.org to read more about our compliance relief efforts. They are outlined in depth in an MSRB notice that was published on April 9th, but we'll also include a copy of that document in the notes section of this podcast for your quick access and convenience. Thanks, Nan. And I'll just emphasize too, msrb.org has a dedicated COVID-19 webpage that consolidates all of these market data and regulatory resources. We've recently added a frequently asked questions document that talks a little bit more about understanding the regulatory relief that's available and the application of MSRB rules during the crisis. So a lot of great information on that dedicated COVID-19 page. 
And I really just have to thank Nan and Mark. This conversation has been fantastic. Before we wrap up, I have a few more questions for Nan. Since we've talked so much about the MSRB's response to the pandemic in terms of market data, regulatory compliance, and leveraging the cloud to gain these insights into disclosures that we could never have had previously. But as part of that conversation, we keep turning to the MSRB ourselves as an organization and our staff and how we're operating. Could you talk to our listeners, Nan, a little bit more about how the MSRB as an organization has responded to the pandemic? Thank you, Leah. Absolutely. And I've mentioned it a couple of times before that we're fully operational and our staff continues to advance key initiatives, such as the migration of our market transparency systems to the cloud, which Mark is leading. Thankfully, we've proven that this is all possible from the safety of our home offices. We have been vigilantly working to ensure the health and well-being of all MSRB staff. And so for now, our staff are working remotely, and the MSRB has suspended all work travel and in-person conference attendance at this time. But to maintain a sense of community and connection, since we started working remotely back in March, we have a weekly all-staff video call. I really look forward to those calls when I can see everyone's faces and share news and updates about what's been going on. And you see different staff members sharing crazy backgrounds or you see pets coming in and out of the screen shot or children making unscheduled appearances. But it's really that weekly call has helped us all stay connected and continue to feel that sense of community and belonging despite not being physically present together. That's so true. Couldn't agree more, Nan. I love those calls. I love seeing the babies and your very friendly cats kind of come into the frame while we all get together. It's a special connection that we can have every week, which is really nice when we're all in our separate homes. One of the things you mentioned that we're all working on from our homes is this cloud migration. What are some of the other key initiatives that folks are keeping trucking along as we're at our home offices? Well, for starters, governance enhancements. We've spent a ton of time this year, both staff and the board, working on governance enhancements. We've also continued our stakeholder engagement virtually, which you, Leah, have been just core to and have done a terrific job with. We've also had a real focus on corporate culture and being supportive of our wonderfully diverse community at a time of renewed emphasis on social justice. So it's been a very busy and a significant year. Well, thank you, Nan and Mark as well for joining me today and for your great leadership and good humor through all of these crazy times. We'll pause for a quick break now. We'll hear a little bit about one of the MSRB's free resources for the market. And then we'll bring on Marcella Vieira, the MSRB Director of Research, to walk us through in a little more detail the market data that the MSRB is responsible for collecting and what insights we were able to glean to help inform market rescue and recovery efforts in light of the pandemic. Have you tried out MuniEd Pro? The online platform created by the MSRB offers easy to access, free education for municipal securities professionals. Complete your continuing education and compliance training requirements with timely content direct from the regulators themselves. All for free, all from your home office. Visit MuniEd Pro today. For our second segment of today's podcast, I am very pleased to welcome Marcelo Vieira, who's the MSRB's Director of Research. He'll be able to provide us with an understanding of the market data that the MSRB receives and how we gathered and disseminated this data for meaningful market insights during all the volatility we saw in March. But first, Marcelo, would you be able to give us some background into your role at the MSRB and what you find most interesting about working in the municipal market space? Sure. Thanks, Leah. As the director of research here at the MSRB, I typically spend most of my day working with 
a lot of different municipal market data. And a significant part of my job is to figure out how we can best utilize all of this information we have in order to help meet the overall objectives of the organization. So at the end of the day, it's really about using the data and the other information we have to enhance the type of work we already do at the MSRB. From a rulemaking perspective, to better education of the marketplace, and just simply helping my colleagues make informed decisions. That's great. Really, data does underpin everything that we do here. But we do hear some misconceptions about the type of data the MSRB does and does not gather from the municipal market. Could you maybe give us a quick overview of what we do receive and why, and what kind of research is possible with MSRB data? Sure, you're absolutely right. The MSRB collects a tremendous amount of data information on the municipal market. For example, MSRB Rule G14 requires dealers to submit transaction data on all municipal securities trades. Another example would be Rule G32, which requires underwriters to submit information related to primary market offerings. And we also collect data on continued disclosures, 529 plans, political contributions, and some other additional data. And all of this information gives us a really comprehensive picture of the municipal market. And once that information is submitted and received by the MSRB, it will not only feed into our EMA website for use by investors and other market participants, but it allows us to start doing some really interesting data analysis. So if we look back a few months ago, having access to all of this information really put us in a good position to fairly quickly understand the scale and the type of market disruption that happened back in March as a result of the pandemic. And to give you a sense of how we reacted, as soon as the Fed cut rates early March and we noticed a clear flight to quality in the financial markets, we started paying very close attention to our data. We knew that we should be able to understand what was happening in the marketplace by simply studying our data. And sure enough, beginning in mid-March, we started noticing several signs that seemed to be indicating significant changes in the marketplace. So let's talk a little bit about those signs. What were we observing from the data this spring? So looking back, it was almost a perfect storm of a very unique set of circumstances that escalated into a pretty significant market disruption. The first sign that got our attention was related to trading in the secondary market. As benchmark municipal yields increased to levels not seen in a long time, if ever, we noticed a significant increase in trading activities starting around mid-March. More importantly, we're able to study changes in terms of the type and quantity of small size trades, which are typically considered to be retail trades or sort of mom and pop trades and compare that to the institutional or larger block trades. So our trade data allowed us to very quickly identify an increase in customer buys of these small or retail size trades, as well as significant institutional selling, likely due to mutual fund selling as investors began to react to market conditions. We also noticed that primary market offerings were very limited during the last two weeks in March and early April. So in terms of the type of the data we collect, the primary and secondary market got our attention first. Sure. And one other segment of the market that the MSRB tracks would be the variable rate securities market or securities that have interest rates that fluctuate in response to market movements. So the interest rate reset can be daily, weekly, monthly, semi-annual, or flexible. What were we seeing with these rate resets given the extreme volatility? 
You're absolutely right. So as part of our short-term obligation transparency system, we collect data on interest rate resets for variable rate demand obligations and auction rate securities. So one negative metric that we noticed in the data was that the daily resets very quickly increased to levels that we hadn't seen since the 2007 and 2008 financial crisis. So while these types of securities are mostly viewed as part of an institutional market and not really used by retail investors, it's an important aspect of the market that experienced a significant impact during that time in March. So you mentioned the historical connection of comparing this to the 2007-2008 financial crisis and how we're seeing 2008 level volatility in the market. Are there other aspects of the municipal market where you saw these historically significant volumes and behaviors? Absolutely. I would say the market disruptions can vary in terms of size and scope, but there's some pretty significant impact this time around. Just to give you a few examples, we saw a record number of trades on March 24th. There were over 87,000 trades that day. And just as a comparison, the previous high was way back in October of 2008 with about 75,000 trades on a particular day. So to put that kind of trading volume into perspective, the number of trades just in the last two weeks of March was almost as much as what we typically see in an entire month. Most days during those two last weeks had more than 50,000 trades per day. And that compares to a typical average of about 35,000 daily trades. So a pretty significant increase. And as I mentioned before, the new municipal issuance decreased significantly in March. The total issuance was about $18.5 billion, and that was the lowest volume since February of 2014. So again, a pretty significant disruption. Obviously, there's a lot going on in the marketplace during the time, but these are just some of the highlights we saw in our data. And then if our listeners are interested in learning more about the extent of the dislocation in March and how we used our data, I would point them to our daily market trade report that we publish every Monday morning on MSRB.org. That's great. And thank you for highlighting some of these really historically significant observations that we made. I have a background actually as a reporter who wrote about state government. And so keeping an eye on this market is something that we have a lot of interest from the media and kind of understanding and finding that context of what is happening at the state and local level, especially during this pandemic. And I know often when I get these reporter questions, I immediately run to you, Marcelo, as the guy with the data. And we have a great relationship being able to help reporters out and help them understand the data and understand what's interesting about it. Maybe you could talk about some of the recent ways that we've been helpful to reporters in their coverage of this crisis. Yeah, of course. I always forget that you were a reporter, Leah. I <laughs> always forget that. So yes, we have certainly seen an uptick in the demand for our data from reporters. One really good example is how we assisted reporting on the municipal market was back in May when the Wall Street Journal published a very interesting piece on retail investor behavior during the March disruption. So using our data, they were able to show that retail or mom and pop investors ramped up buying during the height of the crisis. And then on the flip side, their analysis showed that mutual funds really started offloading their municipal bonds portfolios during that time. So as you noted, we try to help and provide as much information as we can to the marketplace. And very often we get these types of requests. 
Absolutely. And we're always happy to help connect them, particularly with the tree data. There's just so many conclusions that can be drawn from that. But another big source of unique insights that we can offer would be the more narrative disclosures that are submitted to Emma from state and local government issuers, these continuing disclosures describing their financial condition and operating status and various events that could affect bondholders. From your kind of more data perspective, what kinds of analysis can we do with these disclosures that come into Emma? So this is something that Mark touched upon early in the podcast. We're currently publishing a weekly disclosure summary report that aggregates different types of disclosures related to COVID. And there are some interesting opportunities for this type of data analysis. So in addition to track the types of disclosures, whether it was a primary market or a continued disclosure, whether it was a financial or an event disclosure, we also have information on geography, size, and much, much more. So This kind of analysis is really new to us. And what our data team is doing with tracking reference to COVID is just the tip of the iceberg. We expect that in the future, there will be a number of possibilities on this front. Now, that said, it is certainly not easy in unlocking this additional data from unstructured documents, which most of them are, will require time and a significant investment from the MSRB and our staff. But in the meantime, I suggest listeners to check out our disclosure summary report and also go to the market statistics on Emma, where you can see disclosures, trends by type and categories and some other information. Great. Thanks, Marcelo. So yeah, we're here as a resource, certainly. And when people have questions and often much of what they're interested in can be accessed right from the Emma website or from the MSRB website. And so we're always happy to kind of get interest in questions and help people see what's possible with the information that we collect and make public. We also do some analysis on our own and put out research papers and other information to do a little of that synthesis and analysis. Maybe you can speak a little bit to what might be next on the research front. What can our listeners be looking forward to for the rest of 2020 and 2021. So as I noted before, the disruption in March and April, obviously it's very interesting, right, from a data perspective. So we'll certainly spend some additional time studying and analyzing the last few months of data we collected, and we'll continue to look to see how the market is adjusting to the current environment. So we have seen trading activity and primary market offerings coming back to more normal levels, but it will take some time to digest and understand all the implications of the last few months. So I don't think we're out of the woods just yet. So we'll pay close attention to our data and hopefully come up with some pretty informative and educational pieces in the future. Well, thank you, Marcelo. I know I can't wait to read them. So I very much appreciate your time today. Thanks, Leah. And that will conclude our first episode of the new season of the MSRB podcast. Stay tuned for more episodes this season covering our technology transformation, governance changes, and much more. We hope that all of our listeners and their loved ones stay healthy and safe. The information provided in this MSRB podcast is intended for educational purposes only and provides a general overview of the subject matter. The content of the podcast is not intended to provide and does not constitute legal, investment, tax, business, or other advice, and is not an MSRB rule or an amendment to or an interpretation to any MSRB rule. Compliance with conduct recommended in the podcast does not mean that a firm or individual has complied fully with obligations under the MSRB rules, other self-regulatory rules, or laws or regulations. The MSRB podcasts are the sole property of the MSRB. You may access and download the MSRB podcast only for educational, non-commercial use. You may not reproduce them in whole or in part in any form 
or reference them in any publication without the MSRB's prior written consent. Copyright 2020, the Municipal Securities Rulemaking Board, all rights reserved. Thank you for listening to the MSRB podcast.